Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today my guest is Ramesh Rajagopal a coach at PM Power Consulting and Mike the League in this very interesting conversation that stretches into two episodes he shares a lot of his personal as well as professional experiences and a lot of stories in this part he talks about his childhood days growing up in Madurai a major temple town as well as moving to Bangalore and the experiences of going to college etc his early years of the career when he was a mechanical engineer wanting to get into r&d and also learning a lot of lessons on the shop floor and how he slowly was able to leverage or cross leverage his experience of engineering and manufacturing to help in clearing a lot of software backlog that was there and slowly getting into software and related areas he also talks about uh, four stages in career development which is starting with learning then applying the learning by doing then guiding others and shaping others by laying the path then we kind of segue into his exposure and experience and how he got into agile and agile coaching and all that and more in the next episode listen on hi ramesh welcome to the software people stories hi jeev thank you for inviting me for this it's really a pleasure to join this yeah i've been very curious even though we've been working together for a while <laughs> I to actually understand you more so sure. i thought this is a good opportunity for me also to satisfy my curiosity sure 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 so if we can start with your origin story you know your background what you've been doing and then how you got into it because i know that you've been doing other things also before it uh, then we can take it from there sure 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 actually i was born in madurai so i'm uh... currently most of my life has been in bangalore my initial part of my life was spent in madurai the temple town my dad had a transferable job he used to work for a swiss company and he was a technical representative so we lived there he was there for 20 years i was there till 7th standard that means i was born there and my earlier my i have totally four sisters and uh, all of us were more or less born there why i mentioned this uh, town was it had a i would say a good impact on my initial years you know in the, the madurai being a temple town uh, i studied in a christian institution that was called as st joseph's uh, girls high school but they used to allow boys till 6th standard so i also studied 7th uh, standard because after 6th there was no uh, boy, boys were allowed into the school so i had to go to the different school so i joined a school called sethupati high school This is a school where Bharatiya had passed out, so it had a very good uh, tradition, a free, open environment, and people, students had a good time there. So this was my initial schooling years. We lived in, uh, you know, I remember the Madurai. I used to live in a road called Tamil Sangam Road, which was, you know, the Tamil Sangam is uh, taking back to the Tamil years. So all this Tamil impact was there in the initial years. Though my father comes from Karnataka. and he never learned to write tamil even though he was there for 20 years <laughs> but we all learned tamil 
we nicely speak and we write in tamil uh, we lived in a you know colony which was about 10 houses together i still can't forget the amount of hospitality we had in those days uh, everybody used to talk to each other exchanging things and all that to that extent you know that uh, once um, uh, my dad's uh, sister got married here in bangalore uh, because it was a marriage at bangalore and they wanted uh, appalams you know in those days uh, it was nice for uh, homemade appalams demand was there so the cottage of people many of the ladies came to our house sat together and they prepared the appalams which was they were not knowing any of the people they were not invited for the marriage or anything but selflessly doing the things so these type of things you know small small things had an impact on my initial years in fact um, why i kept repeating uh, temple town in madurai was is madurai was full of temples and when i used to go to school setupati high school was not very far away i used to walk to the school on the way there were small small temples and we were wearing chappals and walking those days <laughs> we used to every temple we used to stop remove our chappals pray to the god then move on it's like a, a temple chariot moving to the <laughs> school that was the type of environment in those days i would say uh, <laughs> so in uh, you know in december the margali month it was so special that every day morning we will get up around uh, 334 have a cold water bath then rush to the meenakshi temple where uh, we will visit all the different temples along with the meenakshi temple which was the main temple there they used to give what is called as gnanathpal uh, which is supposed to improve your knowledge and brighten your uh, intellect and we were very religiously having all this so this uh, provided a sort of background and then somehow you know my dad wanted to get back before retirement to bangalore because he says i am a karnataka man i am a karnataka man you are always very proud to be a karnataka person so we moved back to bangalore my house where we stay is still from that day in 1969 i moved here is the same place the same place which got rebuilt of course uh, twice demolished and reconstructed my dad had constructed well ahead of coming to bangalore my grandfather used to stay here so we had a ready occupation into maleshwaram uh, where i stay here till this day now from 70 almost 52 years i have been here i i can see the way the bangalore has developed from the way the environment around me has been developed when i used to when i was here in first in came to bangalore from my house i could see the school stella maris which is called it's almost uh, Three fourths of a kilometer away from my house, and the sunlight used to fall on the house, the fall on the school. The glass windows used to get reflected and fall on my house. That uh, I mean, nothing was there beyond our house. <laughs> no, I can't see anything beyond my house. <laughs> I mean, even now my house is in perpetual darkness that I have to switch on the light most of the time. Sort of a, the way things have developed over the fifty years. I, Bangalore was called as a retirement place that time, and in May. it used to fog can you believe it? it you can't see a next person in may up to may it was so cold and so nice hardly any traffic the road the sambige road which is very main road now in maleshwaram used to be a two way traffic with trailer buses traveling there in that so this is how i came to bangalore i joined uh, we wanted to continue in that uh, somehow the fancy for the christian way of discipline was very much instilled in us so 
the St. Joseph's Indian High School. So I joined St. Joseph's Indian High School, 7th standard, 8th standard, 9th standard, 10th standard. And I passed out as a topper of the school in SSLC from that school. Congratulations. Though a little late. No, I always uh, lamented. Uh, if I had taken Sanskrit, uh, we could have got a rank also. The thing is, you know, those days, Sanskrit was an optional subject. If you had taken Tamil, uh, Sanskrit, then uh, the score of 150 was the paper, the mother tongue it was called. They will give 150 out of 150 in Sanskrit. But if it is Tamil, you can't score at all. The people were so rigid. And St. Joseph's didn't have Sanskrit. So I, I want to continue with the Tamil. So I took Tamil, so I couldn't score very well. So later on, I went to, as a natural consequence, I went to St. Joseph's College, where they would, afternoon I gave the application. By evening, the postcard was there in my house. Please pay and join St. Joseph's College. <laughs> and uh, myself and my, uh, you know, my cousin, both of us joined. But it so happened uh, there was some problem and he couldn't join. So he shifted to National, National College, Basangudi. Then uh, my cousin and me, we sort of grew up from 7th standard here. In the sense, he moved from Hyderabad to here because there was a Telangana agitation during those days. So both of us became such uh, thick friends that when he changed the college, I also changed the college. So I moved to National College, Basangudi. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, there was a bus number called 38, which used to leave from 18 Cross Malayshwaram. It was a trailer bus. And it will go all the way to National College, going around Kempagoda Circle, then come back to Anandarao Circle. It will go one round to Kya Circle, Corporation, everywhere. It would take one hour for us to go all the way from Malayshwaram to National College. So we will take the backside of the trailer, the trailer part of the uh, bus, and go to as far as possible the last the seats. And then we'll relax and we'll be chit-chatting or we'll be sleeping, etc. <laughs> That sleeping habit uh, sort of developed so much, I would say, that when I joined uh, later, after passing PUC, I joined University Vishweshira College of Engineering, Bangalore. At that time, uh, I used to take a bus from KR Circle to Malayshwaram. And there never, never there used to be seats there because it was a middle stop. So I had my talent in sleeping had developed so well. I used to stand in the bus and sleep also. Wow. So uh, that shows, you know, how we can develop some talents through some opportunities offered to us. The National College that way, uh, it was good. I had uh, good opportunities to develop some of the public speaking skills. Uh, National College had so many clubs. There was this history club, geography club, science club, where they will be conducting some competitions or other. Even English literature club was there. So I used to participate in most of these debates and uh, Electrician competitions. Many I got many certificates during that time, and even they had a small uh, sports also was encouraged. But somehow I didn't participate much in outdoor activities. As more an indoor person, I like chess, and I used to play a lot of chess those days. I got selected for the national college chess, uh, uh, you know, the club, and also the you know the chess team. But we never had any outside participation outside of national college. But within the college, I won a prize in the internal awards as a good chess player. So this was uh, the side extra curricular activities. The importance of extracurricular activities was very much stressed in the national college. I learned that. But if you go back to school, 
St. Joseph's school was more for me a disciplined one and going by school bus, going to the school, attending, coming back. <laughs> that was the way it was. Though it had its own advantages. Every Saturday afternoon, uh, they would have a movie. You know, the they will play a movie. Uh, they, you know, in those days, they had a projector. And in the big hall, they will, we will play a movie there. So a lot of Tarzan movies and Western movies used to be played there. And I used to love these Western and Tarzan movies very much and sometimes cartoon movies. So that was the good part of the St. Joseph's School, which had a very big ground in those days. Now, it, most of it is covered by buildings. But those days, it was a big ground. And people used to play there all the time. I tried cricket for some time, but I hurt myself twice and I just gave up. See, one of the passions for me was, uh, apart from though cricket, I never learned cricket properly. Another thing which was a passion for me in my childhood days was firecrackers. You know, uh, during Diwali days, uh, we used to buy a lot of crackers and I never used to be satisfied with the crackers. I used to force my dad, give me more, give me more. And uh, it so happened, Three, four years in a row, I had accidents, fire accidents. And still, I never gave up. It was much later, I realized, oh my God, what a waste we are doing. And suddenly, I stopped. I just, after that, I don't even burst a single cracker for Diwali. Even some people believe, no, oh, no, you should burst at least one cracker for Diwali. Sorry, I don't burst any more crackers. And that is the limit. I can't go beyond that, I said. So these are sort of the external things. When I joined um, UEC, it was also fun, a lot of fun. There were very good professors. So that's how I passed out of uh, UEC Engineering College, 1980. And the exams were normally getting delayed. So as a result, uh, my part was getting delayed. The exams, when it got over, the last semester was uh, September, October. So it was too late to get entry into any of the institutions. And uh, I tried in a couple of places. One of the places was somewhere in Whitefield. I got some uh, Suryan IR. They were making locomotives. I had passed out from mechanical engineering, by the way. So I was looking for mechanical engineering jobs. When I got Suryan IR, when I considered the distance from Malayshuram to Whitefield, those days there was no transport. You have to change a couple of buses and go. I made probably I start start by around 6 o'clock and I will reach, reach back home by 8.30, 9.00. My, my father and myself discussed and said, no, 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 don't bother. Let's not, let's wait. So I kept on waiting. Then suddenly I saw an advertisement in the newspaper. It was uh, Telco. So, you know, Tata Motors, in those days, it was advertised, uh, it was known as Telco, Tata Engineering and Locomotive Company. And in those days, only IIT graduates were selected to Telco. They were not selecting other graduates. But they were going at a very rapid pace. It was probably the fourth or fifth year when they had reached the sort of expanding like anything. And the feed from IITs was not sufficient for them to fill the vacancies. So they made some open advertisement. I also applied uh, with um, many people said, I, uh, it's very difficult to get into telco. You cannot get in there. I said, never mind. I'm going to only put my signature. It's for them to decide how the signature looks. So I suddenly I got a call for an interview, fortunately. And the interviews were conducted in the Tata, Tata Institute that time. There were some tests. I passed the test. Then they called for the interview. Three days of interviews were happening from morning to night. I attended those. I had, of course, only one interview. But there were so many of the people who were attending the interviews. I also attended. 
then they asked me certain simple questions and what i wanted to be so one of the things i decided was when i asked for something let me have clarity about <clears throat> what i want so i said i want to be placed in research center then I, they asked me why you want rnd tata motors is known for manufacture trucks mass production i said unless the idea generates in the mind you cannot convert it into something tangible so that is the place the root of all the actions happens from the mind and mind is the place where we design things and that is more fascinating for me once i understand the design i can always move to manufacture so that's not a problem then some of that impress the people i think probably that's my guess then i was one of the people selected for the final interview at uh, pune i went to pune and there again um, there were group discussions people from all over india some of the brightest people had come there were group discussions interviews and by end of the day they said you're all selected so my name was also in the selection list i was very thrilled nice. and they even did a medical check up that day and they said okay we'll send you the appointment order uh, when i came back home within a week promptly telco it was so good those days they sent me the orders uh, compared to the salaries here it was more than double uh, it was being offered to pune uh, but then you know a small personal thing also happened that time uh, just to i know i don't want to get too much into those things but then it so happened my dad and me were together almost all the life he never went uh, separated from him so i was to join telco on uh, say somewhere on february 1st as i left by bus my dad had a heart attack so my i was called back he said come back oh. so oh. i was stopped by one of my relative in hubli and they put me back in a different uh, bus and sent me back to bangalore so i had gone half the way to pune I had to return back then uh, everybody encouraged me he said my dad also said don't worry you can still go and all that he was he recouped in uh, martha's hospital i way i was with him for one month always slowly watching him improve then my dad somehow gathered courage and said you please go somehow your career is very important for you so just go ahead and you can whenever you choose you can come back i said i that day only i resolved i'll come back sometime earlier but i went to telco then everything changed i got engrossed in the way in the manufacturing they put us in different uh, departments i learned about manufacturing then i learned in r&d i worked with one of the brightest minds he was called dr pd singhal i worked in the transmission group finally you know when i was placed i was put in the transmission group which works on gearboxes axles uh, and all that uh, you know the differential where the how the cars turn when they take a turn how the differential helps very complex way of doing things lot of calculation involved but the manager appreciated me i put my dedication though i either i actually as i said i was there a lot of itns within the erc they called it erc engineering research center and there were very brilliant people i never bothered about it i said let me do my best so i kept doing very well uh, i did there worked there for 3 years then one day somehow i got uh, selected for a, a larson and tubro here in bangalore at that time i resigned and the manager dr singhal uh, he is no more now he told me i you are one of the brightest minds i have worked with me you are so dedicated to your now the last day of your job you are going to come to my house for lunch so he he took leave 
and he oh. gave me a lunch on that day yeah, with his family and he gave me a gift and sent me home which i cannot forget uh, in my life uh, telco offered me the wonderful insight into how the mass production takes place and uh, in those days uh, after several years later i learned about lean manufacturing i could trace back to the way tata was motors were produced there was a factory there supposing you go to vehicle assembly thousands of tires would be there if you go to engine section many engines will be lined up gear boxes gear boxes lined forever so there was uh, you could see many times they were stocking the materials that they were losing control of what was there and what was not there so there mm. was a special batch of graduate trained engineers whose job was to go around and locate the items and find out for the manufacturing of the assembly there used to be constant tension uh, but i also had some interesting experience on the manufacturing you know how things environment changes from place to place so when i went there though i was selected for design uh, telco had the habit of rotating the engineers across so i was put on the shop floor one day i was in the shop floor it was again a gearbox manufacturing section so a lot of machines you know when you have a gearbox they produce gears there will be automated machines running employees will be standing next to the machine their job will be to load the machine adjust certain parameters and take out and put in there there will be a constantly movement of material taking place and all that i was standing there at one end and the other end the manager of that section appeared and he was talking to some and suddenly hey one whistle came then i looked at him i thought he is calling some workman then i sort of ignored then once again he whistled he called me so sort of an insult to my ego somebody calling i am fresh from college engineer and somebody whistling me and calling oi come here <laughs> and then then he said okay okay and then i you only i called etc okay and i understood the so you know the atmosphere varies depending upon where you work you know and one of the things he taught me was he when i left that section he said don't go to r&d you stay with me for manufacturing i said no i like to work with uh, people who are the designs are produced no 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 he said you don't know if you work on the shop floor you are working with you know the blue collar people what's the difference between blue collar and white collar people when the blue collar man when you tell him something or her something they will say get lost and they will throw it on your face if they don't like something but you can convince them later if you tell them they will be convinced but the white collar and intelligent people more often they will never say openly anything they will just hide their ideas they will put it in a very delicate manner and you will never know it's very difficult to confront them they will be working later on and then maybe they will building against you some emotions which you won't know this is easier to tackle for you so stay here anyway, i was not fully convinced with only for that i didn't want to stay there i thought i will better go to the place where i love most so that's how i landed up back in engineering research center mm-hmm. which helped me to come to larsen and tobro again design design of excavators so again so this was very much different i had learned a lot about trucks how the trucks work operate and all that mass production the concepts of mass production and some of the basics of uh, computers also i got exposed there was only one computer division all the time we have to go to the computer division if you want some details inputs we have to give 
and they will generate some big voluminous reports i will have to bring it and keep it in and then study it we have to turn through pages and pages of reports hardly anybody had a computer within the research center even though it was called a research center nobody had a computer drawings were all produced on big boards with big craftsmen keeping and moving the things they will also tell lot of things to learn from those people even craftsmen mm. they will be uh, not knowing anything about engineering but by practice of doing drafting itself they would suggest design changes do like this do like this this oh. is not good this is not good let's bend make a bend you know gear shift lever was one of the problems which people used to face they said don't develop like this make an arch like this then it will work out better it will be smoother gear they could uh, you know visualize the three dimensional way of doing so this was another thing those draftsmen taught me look here ramesh if mechanical engineering you want to solve a problem try to think visually in the three dimensions then most of your problem will be solved then i went back to you know strength of materials which i learned during engineering days uh, popo there's a book called popo strength of materials which was very famous those days thick book mm. same thing that person had mentioned popo had mentioned if you want to solve any problem in strength of materials visualize the problem and you can get quick solution so one of the things which i later on realized conceptual skills as they say for the top people this is very well developed is that they never are getting enough time to get into do jamba you know like we say jamba in japanese go to the shop floor and learn things many times they may not get opportunity but they will visualize the problem and they will be able to suggest so this is something which i learned out of my manufacturing days after coming to lnt i worked for design for some time again we faced some these labor problem labor strike and all that. our factory the, i don't know somehow after i joined within a month i realized there was some tensions going on the factory was closed now workers were not coming at all but then there were some critical assignments needed uh, commitment deliveries made to the customer so what we were uh, our general manager used to say let the engineers work let them learn so every day we used to come during the factory closure days i used to change my clothes to uniform blue uniform and then i used to work on the machines tightening the hydraulic circuits in the uh, you know excavators and uh, even uh, some of these um, vibratory compactors we used to make i used to work with them they learned slowly doing some little bit of operations on the crane and the machines uh, it gave me some more confidence and insight so it's all practical experience and what we tell theory it makes a good difference so that was another thing then since i had always in the long term vision was you know somehow i should move into manufacturing because where i can also learn the practical side of things i requested the gm can you make me move to the shop floor whenever there's an opportunity then i got moved to production planning and control so this was sort of a you know it's a production planning and control was a thankless job they would say since their job was to organize materials organize plants make coordinate with people coordinate with purchase coordinate with stores coordinate with design coordinate with computer department basically the job was on uh, moving on the wheels entire factory you go around you don't control anybody but you have to influence everyone so that was the thing i learned there production planning job how to make friends and communicate with people so that your requirements get convinced and then you can uh, make a difference 
so this is how i learned some of the things so it was a monotonous job but i had the habit of converting every monotonous job by applying a little more of what i knew so i learned the first 20 mb personal computer landed up in the computer center i used to take a morning slot go every day half an hour and learn some computers later on i applied this uh, programming dbase 4 those days it was called application programming mm-hmm. i applied it to solve some of the scheduling problems on the production planning which was very much appreciated they uh, sent me to pitampur to replicate the system i learned end to end workflow during those planning days i learned entire factory how it works though it was a monotonous job this was an opportunity for me to learn that gave me another opportunity which was called reengineering manufacturing system design which is nothing but equivalent of toyota manufacturing system so this is lean manufacturing introduction to lean manufacturing i was they selected the team of people through tests and interviews by an outside consultant and the outside consultant selected me also for that team so this is how i got selected okay for that team and i learned about reengineering with a short training in uk by csc came back and implemented 3 years of lean manufacturing workflow which helped me you know going back to the tel- telco days contrasting to that to minimize inventory on the shop floor how the material should flow the moment it is ready how it should get converted into a finished product so that the customer gets it the fastest so this was one of the lessons on work in progress lead time all that concepts i learned during those final days i would say in lnd that once the exercise was complete my department was closed so the computer systems i used to interact a lot the computer system manager said look here now ramesh is out of job there we want him there in computer system department we have so many things to implement and our software engineers find it difficult to understand manufacturing since i knew manufacturing well end to end flow and all that i went there i worked there for 3 years i cleared all that pending projects the managers were so happy mm. not that i did any beautiful work or excellent work my knowledge of engineering of uh, manufacturing i transferred it to the software engineers in that process i learned for myself about computer software also how it works how the how to switch on the servers all that i learned okay. using this opportunity another great opportunity came that was general electric when i left the larsen and tubro i left after 16 and a half years other managers were unhappy but my computer manager said ramesh you are taking the right step please go i think you will make uh, good uh, everywhere some you will be able to do some impressive so i joined g again g was one of the best company number one company in those days general electric had started the general electric g india technology center at whitefield research center there i was uh, taken for one of the software wings which was called it was it changed so you wanted to avoid whitefield initially now you had to go there <laughs> Yeah, I could now I was in a better position yeah. I, I could drive the car so I was I started driving car I was able to go I gathered some car pooling with another person so we used to talk and discuss and go all the way up to Whitefield so it is true sometimes what we avoid we it will come back to you with uh, again another force in another avatar maybe <laughs> but then now this had become a little lower for me in my priorities getting into pure software was uh, helpful i started learning that's how i started learning so what is ctq critical to quality oh ctq okay that is what it is critical to quality so these are all some of the terms i started getting used to in quality engineer software engineers young people would teach me a lot of things they said sir 
they would call me sir i said why are you calling me sir some people would call me ramesh of course some people say sir i said no sir you are the one of the oldest person who come here <laughs> because i was 40 already when i entered you know uh, software uh, but then i didn't mind i was able to move with youngsters i used to always feel young because i moved with them i spent almost the next uh, 20 years in software holding several delivery positions quality positions etc in fact um, uh i as a my continued habit of uh, enriching my job with my own inputs my own initiative helped me to clear six sigma the first six sigma green belt in uh, ge and then later on uh, doing so many uh, quality initiatives uh, even in lnt iso uh, caab excellence, excellence award uh, preparing for that all these things tqm so so many quality initiatives i applied this quality initiatives even in my own uh, as a delivery manager i used to try to get clean code by using tools like pmd and all that but somehow the recognition goes and uh, they made me quality head for india center but one thing which i felt sometimes going back i have not done very well anyway out of my own will is that that um, i was never a politician they say you know if you have to grow in an organization you should play a little bit of politics and what is politics politics means you should know who is the boss who is the boss in the company they say if you know who is the boss in the company not the person who holds a position who is influencer who decides makes the decision you should know find out who the person is and play with him but that i didn't like at all because i wanted to be principal centered and i said whatever level i go that's fine so one of the ways i kept uh, thought of keeping my career forward is uh, what i learned the four stages workshop that means everybody start with learning something then they will do the same thing better i learn something and i do it well then after some time i guide the persons i i guide up people into this then after some time i shape i give i am laying the path earlier i was only guiding through the directions tomorrow i am laying the path so each of these four stages will help a person's career to go so that i kept it in mind so i always kept moving laterally i know it's very difficult probably internally i felt to if it comes out of merit it's fine but i'm not going to move out of politics to a high level so i decided that very clearly so I always took every lateral opportunities i from manufacturing i design i went to manufacturing manufacturing to engineering engineering to computer computers to delivery management to quality and then uh, agile also was something which was happening in parallel so that's how i had moved uh, from laterally you know from different position and that gave me satisfaction and one of the things this lateral movement helped me was during the later part of my career you know the company which uh, our uh, company was called as gxs global exchanges they had acquired a company called innovis and the innovis a us company were very much advanced in agile in 2010 2010 when those people visited here the coaches and others they were looking around for people who could drive agile in bangalore and they saw me they met when they interviewed me they came to know i have done lean manufacturing and i have idea about toyota manufacturing and all that they said exactly the same thing why don't you come and drive it for us i said okay
We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.